everyone and welcome to Previously in the Multiverse. I appear and joining me as always is Connor. Yeah, you sounded far too smug saying that intro. I don't like it. Well, I'm putting the, the accent on it so it sounds like Previously in the Multiverse. It, it, it sounds smug. It sounds smug. It's, it's an intro to a show. It's fine. It's it's, uh, it's lively. It's got a bit of pizzazz. I need like 10% less pizzazz to sound not smug. Maybe smug's the, the 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 direction it should take anyway. Maybe maybe all good presenters are a little bit smug. Oh god, you're gonna be so smug next time. I'm right, I am. This is uh, our our sister DC Comics podcast to our main show, which is Comics from the Multiverse, where we review the uh, weekly DC comic books with Matt. Uh, but this is uh, us doing some older DC comics. We're working through some old runs. Um, worth mentioning uh, that the 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 sixth slot, as it were, the Patreon vote for slot, the vote will be up in the next day or so for for patrons. Uh, if I, by the time this goes up, it may already be up. Actually, um, would you like to remind them what the options are? Put me on the spot here. Uh, Superman Red Sun, Superman Secret Identity, Superman Emperor Joker, and Superman American Alien. Uh, nailed it. Well done. Nailed yeah. it. Uh, so $5 and up patrons, mailfuzz, uh, patreon.com slash mailfuzztv, uh, get to vote on that. Uh, that vote will be either already up or it'll be up basically right after this is so uh go and go and look for that uh but uh of course we are working through uh five other runs or slots as, as we're calling them uh so today on this show on episode two of this show and which is every other week by the way just for the record <laughs> just in case you were wondering where's the episode last week why was yeah. the episode the third podcast is coming soon and that'll fill that other week yes yes so this is going to alternate with a non-dc comic show uh once i'm caught up in enough books to actually talk about them uh so soon soon uh keeps pushing how soon though what by, by you know sometime spring uh so uh, coming up today, we have Batman 402, uh, which is the first issue from the Batman Second Chances trade paperback, just in case if you're reading it through the trades, uh, rather than just on off DC Universe. Um, so, obviously, we're swapping between Batman and Detective, because we're doing Batman Post-Crisis, and eventually there might be other books added in, and eventually they might even do two of these a week, just because they'll have, they'll have so many to work through. But, uh, right now, just swapping between Batman and Detective. So, Detective was last, last episode, this is Batman 402. Uh, we have Wonder Woman issue two uh, from New Fifty Two. We got the Flash annual number four uh, from Mark Wade's run, and uh, we have Showcase ninety six issue three, which is the next issue in our Birds of Prey slot. And then we have GSA issue one. Uh, last episode we had uh, like Secret Fails and Origins. There was like a one shot that came before issue one, and this is issue one this episode. So uh, that is the five books we're going to be talking about on this show. So, and I know some people are reading along. Some people have been. Uh, making a point of reading with us, so yeah. that's cool. Uh, some clarification if anyone's reading the single issues on, on DC Universe, the way I am for some of these. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Showcase 96, it's only the first half that we're going to be talking about. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't even realise that. Yeah, there's a, there's like a, I think it's Dead Man that it goes into after. Yeah, because well, the length is actually about a regular issue size, actually, so I guess the, the, it was just like a 40-page or so. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to read it and went, oh god, it's another long one, and then got halfway through and went, Wait, we're doing a Deadman story? Oh, cool, I'm good. <laughs> I, I didn't even realise there was another half to it. Obviously, I was reading it in the trade, which obviously just has the relevant yeah. half. Uh, so, okay, so we're doing half a Showcase 96, issue 3. Uh, but it was actually a good 20 pages, though, so it was, you know, full yeah, issues. Yeah, it, it's still a normal issue. Um, so, yeah, so we'll start off with Batman 402. 
Uh, Max Allen Collins rating this with Jim Starlin on art. Uh, I was oh Jim Starlin, that's that's a name I recognise. Uh, so <laughs> so it's a good start. Yeah, uh, so that's cool. So the creator of Thanos uh, <laughs> is involved yeah, amongst many other things. Yes, involved in this Batman issue. Uh, so obviously, sw- switching between Detective and Batman, we're going to get different writers and different uh, styles of story. And you know, let's jump into this one, and it starts off with this a pretty cool looking page actually of just the silhouette of the city. Uh, with Batman up in this sort of spire, the cape sort of flowing off, and the stupidly long cape in the best possible way. Uh, we'll talk about stupidly long in a minute. Whether the years, the years are ridiculous. I love it. I mean, I like long years. I hate the short ones that he has right now, but these are maybe a just a bit too long for my They're taste. Obnoxiously long to the point where I go around from oh these are too long back to oh my god I love these things. These look like. <sighs> This is what you're supposed to hold on to if you're riding on his back. That's what. That's how big they are. <laughs> I just, I'm imagining him like headbutting someone and just gouging <laughs> them with those things. So yeah, uh, Starlin's art's pretty good. I, I don't know how much Starlin art I've seen before, but I, I was, I was actually pretty into it. Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of silhouette and stuff that he does, isn't it? Lot of silhouettes. Uh, I think the facial expressions are really good. It starts with this scene of these two muggers attacking this couple, and Batman swoops in. And I actually, so this is the thing. So I, I don't know what we're in for with some of these issues, right? Because I've not read them before. And Batman snaps this guy's neck, and he even says, "You know, I'm going to break your neck." And he, you know, he snaps. It's like, it. Just broke his neck is all, and you're like, "Yeah, what the hell's going on?" And I'm like, "Whoa, is this one of these weird periods in comics where Batman was a complete psychopath, and that, that's it?" But however, however, the very next page, you know, he goes back to his lair, uh, notably not the Batcave, and he takes off his cowl, and it's a blonde-haired dude. And I'm like, ah, it's an imposter. And the rest of this issue is largely about, obviously, the police are hunting Batman thinking he's a, a serial killer now, and obviously the real Batman is going to try and step in, and he has to try and t- tell Jason why it's bad that this guy's doing this, because Jason's a little shit and thinks, oh, yeah, let's just kill everyone. Which did confirm Jason. Yep, did confirm Jason, yep. Uh, so... Because we were confused last issue, uh, if, if you know if Jason was already around or not, but obviously clearly he was. Um, so first of all, can we just can we send this issue to Zack Snyder? This this issue is thirty plus years old, and it gets that Batman shouldn't kill. And what I like about it is it's not even like cookie cutter either. At one point, Batman in this issue says to Jason, he admits that he's also kind of glad that these muggers are dead, like because you know because they're just muggers. Like, it was worth pointing that out as well. We find out they've got a history of murder and stuff. Uh, but he admits that, yeah, on, on a fundamental level, I'm kind of happy they're off the streets. Like, you know, I, it's not that I don't have that kind of temptation. That's kind of always been the point with Batman not killing people is that it would be too easy that he could cross that line because, like, he understands why it's appealing. And I think what I, what I actually really like here is the distinction he makes between killing and murder. Um, mm. He's like, no, 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 you know, because Jason's like, oh, well, you've killed people before. And he's like, yeah, in self-defense when there was literally no other choice. I have killed which, people. Yeah, which I have always said I don't have a problem with that. Uh, if, if, the, if the situation, no, I don't. Remember, I think the movies seem to write him into those positions like too often. Like I feel really like, easily. Yeah, yeah, I feel like every movie he's been in, like even the Nolan ones, which I love, like put him in this position where someone has to be let die or or whatever. And I don't have yeah. a problem with that as is a uh, something that happens once in a while. It makes sense. It's just like a, you know someone on the police force. Like every so often, it yeah, has they're not to happen. supposed to kill people, but occasionally that there are reasons why yeah they have and, to, oh, know, and obviously yes there's an issue that they're doing it too often but that's a whole that, that, that is that is a lack of training clearly they could have used this speech from batman yes uh so you know um i'm referring i mean i'm referring to american police there for the record uh, british police are actually pretty good about not killing people uh it's, for the it's most so part rare. yeah uh so 
yeah, so so you know we we stick with this fake Batman for a while. You know the, the police lure him in with the bat signal, and why the fake Batman's answering the bat signal is actually a, a good question. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's answered as it goes on. He's delusional. Over the course, he he believes he is Batman. Sure. He's not just yeah. kind of pretending and dressing up. He's like he thinks he is Batman. And for the record, these long bat ears aren't just a fake Batman. Real Batman's got they're identical. He looks the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love him when when like that first page where he shows up in silhouette with the two, with the the muggers, like that page. I love the long ears there. Like it, it works so well because of that. And uh, mm. it, it's something I, I saw someone recently. It might have been Tynan in his newsletter uh, or on Twitter in his Q and A talking about. Um, someone asked him, you know, Batman, short ears or long ears, and he kind of brought up a point of, well, you know, long long ears are great because you, you if you go too long it's still very clearly Batman. You know, it never gets to a point where you can't tell it's Batman unless you go ridiculous. Whereas ears, you can get to a point where it's short enough that if just by the silhouette, you're not necessarily certain. It's Catman. <laughs> well, it, it could be, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think is, is the point. If they're short enough, well, I mean, who knows? Um, so I, 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 and then, you know, and then I saw this with the silhouette and I was like, I really appreciate that point now. Yeah. So the, 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 the news press are all like saying, oh, Batman's a murderer now and, um, you know, ba- the real Batman's with Gordon, and Batman's like, "Hey, Gordon, now go along with the witch hunt." Um, you know, like, you know, d- d- don't pretend to be aligning yourself with me, uh, and that way you can give me some information, and we'll figure out who this imposter is. Um, and one of the things I actually like this, this issue is actually a little bit deeper. I mean, given what we've already talked about about his stance on killing and murder and his speech that he gives to Jason, but also the idea that he he runs into like a civilian at one point who you know who just assumes the, the civilian thinks batman has been killing people and he says oh don't worry batman i won't turn you in i think it's good that you're killing those bastards you know they deserve what's coming to them and it's this kind of awkward little tense moment for batman where he's kind of disappointed that someone says that to him um yeah and i actually kind of like that there was layers there and that, that was kind of good so uh but yeah jason's a little shit jason's the worst oh i'm, I'm, I'm shocked <laughs> jason's like ah oh, no we should be helping this guy we should it's like nah jason calm down what are you doing um so yeah and it's, it turns out this guy like you know he's gonna have to all these people who were let off in technicalities uh as, as we go through the issue uh batman kind of he gets information from gordon he's in one of his disguises uh which gordon realizes actually gordon knows that it's batman in the disguise uh uh, it was that great moment at the end where the clothes are left on the alleyway and like, Batman's the silhouette or the shadow is just on the ground uh, yeah. walking away from him. There's a neat touch. I do like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, he goes, you know, the security guard he talks to uh, and then he goes to the, the, where the guy lives with his mother and the mother like actually thinks it's her son because she's like, oh, you've been sneaking out as Batman every night. Come on, come back to me, my son. <laughs> really, really, really weird. Uh, but... No, good, and you know, he finds that he's got like all these newspaper clippings of all these like crimes and murders, and obviously this is what he's been going after. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, like it's a it's a decent enough time, I think. Uh, the the main plot. Yeah, um, we had a, a nice tussle where fake Batman has like thrown someone out the window, mm-hmm. and then you know real Batman saves him. He's like, "Why did you drop me if you were just going to save me?" He's like, "Shut up, yeah." <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you know, saving your life is a, is the most disgusting thing I've done in a long time. Yeah, so it's this murderer who's going to get a deal. So he's he's under like police protection, and uh, you know, fake Batman throws him out of a window. Yeah, and Batman swoops in, uh, which again, really nice uh, sequence in terms of the art. I thought the the you know the him falling and Batman swooping in in front of the beam of light and 
you know, all of it looked really good. It flowed really well. Um, I, I really enjoyed the detective issue last week. It was a nice, fun, goofy little time. I think this is definitely the superior of the two. Um, yeah, I, I like the last one well enough, but I don't think it's even close between them. Personally. Yeah, th- th- this one's definitely a much more in-depth issue that has... It's got some moral things going on. It's got some Batman character stuff. It's even got some Jason character stuff. Uh, the action flows really well. It looks... It's probably a, bit, it's a better drawn issue, even though sometimes I think the ears are a little bit too far forward, so it looks even weirder that they're so long. <laughs> yeah yeah that, that is my one complaint about this uh but no i i dig it um oh we also find out as well actually that uh so this guy this this fake batman he lost his like wife and daughter uh to you know you know a murder or whatever um i think presumably someone who got on a technicality yeah and um he called his daughter robin like, that was one of the things we heard about he, he always liked batman because he called his daughter robin uh so that was always the thing. Uh, so Batman knocks him out at the end. He's like, hey, okay, there we go. Like, that's like dealt with. That said, uh, even though that's the end of the issue, the cover for the next one makes it look like this guy's still going to be around because the blonde-haired dude uh, still holding, like, a bat cool in the next issue cover. So I feel like we're not done with this guy's story. Yeah, that's true. Because then we've only got this next issue and then we're on to year one. So it, it's kind of a interesting two-parter in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I'll get up into that. Um... But yeah, uh, and Batman sticks around and says, "No, nah, I need to clear my name and hand in this fake Batman, so everyone knows it's not me." Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this issue. I had Batman four hundred two was a little winner. I agree, and it ends on that that big existential question of Batman going, "After all, who am I but just another guy who thinks he's Batman?" Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, this is working for me." Yeah, no, I like this issue quite a bit. Obviously, I mean, I've read year one a few times, so once we get to 404, you know... It's more familiar ground. Yeah, we're yeah. in familiar territory. Once we get past year one, it's going to be unfamiliar Holy for a long world. time. Yeah. Uh, prob- probably until, like, Death in the Family. I've not even read that. Oh, have you not? No, I've not read Death in the Family. Uh, oh, okay, okay, I've read that. Um, The eldest thing I've read might be Nightfall. You know, in terms of this era, I've read stuff in the 70s and stuff, but, like, I'm... Yeah. yeah. Uh, after year one, the first thing after that might be nightfall, maybe. Um, oh, okay. I mean, I think I think it's just year one, death in the family. Well, actually, no. Legends of the Dark Knight started before that, so if we're counting that, then I've read some of that from like the early nineties. I've not actually read any of that. I don't think. Uh, which we will be looping in when the time comes. I mean, it's probably going to be around then when it switches to two Batman issues per week. Because uh, we'll be having more than just two bat books that yeah we go, okay we need to start chipping away at this plus when we get to like nightfall and it's like swapping between like four books like it makes more sense to do two a week instead of or two an episode instead of you know one per yeah. episode it would take ages to get through it we'd actually be going longer than it actually took the event to happen at the time um yeah so yes <laughs> but yeah so batman 402 i actually really liked uh what are you giving it uh, i'm gonna give this an eight this was a this was a really great issue yeah, um... yeah, I'll give it a solid date. Give it a solid date. I agree with that. Uh, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman issue two. This is the uh, Brian Azzarello writing, of course, Cliff Chang on the uh, on the art. Uh, this is a second issue of the New Fifty Two series. Um, continuing on where Diana is protecting this Zola woman who's pregnant with Zeus's kid. Um, they go to Themyscira to sort of hide out. So again. Wonder Woman's continuity has changed so much. It's one of these things where you have to just if you're if you're reading current Wonder Woman, you're like, hey, she so can just go back to Themyscira. Yeah, she could for a long time. <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean, up until 2016, that that was the status quo. Yeah, 
Um, but I, I think it's fair to assume that a lot of people here who are listening to this may oh. have only jumped in then. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what I more meant by that statement is that was not a change made for the new 52 that she yeah, could yeah, go yeah. back. And, yeah, and yeah. 2016 was a resetting of that. That was the, the status quo pretty much forever. Because um, there are things in this that are different to what was before and is different to now course oh yeah the fact that all the gods are all gods all the gods are all these young sort of sexier versions and whatnot i mean is sexier necessarily the right word well well i wouldn't call hermes particularly sexy okay sleeker they've all all got this sort of lanky sleek kind of look to them yeah that, that i'll give you yeah um and and they're not just they don't necessarily just look like people uh, yeah, as, as well, we're maybe more more used to. To clarify, I was not saying this because I find this sort of look sexy. I was more just going by what like a comic book artist would do to make someone sexy, which is to draw no, them as skinny that, as yeah. possible. Uh, we find we find out though that Zeus's wife's not too pleased. There's another bastard child. So now, on top of Zeus sending people after the uh, after the kid, now the wife wants to like make an example of her. Uh, do you need to know her name? Yeah, go on. Hera. Thank you. Uh, I don't remember all these gods' names. You're lucky I remember Zeus, to be honest, from last issue. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> I, don't fi- like, I don't find the mythology of this stuff that interesting. I, um, I, that, that, this is legitimately a hurdle that I had to get over when I started reading Wonder Woman, was all this mythology yeah. stuff. On a, on a slight side tangent, I saw that uh, just today, the review on uh, Scream Just Midnight that you and Tim did for uh, The Lighthouse went mm-hmm. up. Did you talk about the big Greek mythology stuff going on in that, or did you just not even bring it up? I acknowledged that it was ex- existed, but I hadn't know anything about it to actually talk about it. Okay. I was I was aware that it was people. Some people talked about it, but I I, I couldn't offer anything. And to be fair, that's I could Tim. So. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's fair enough. There's no point in trying if you don't know anything about it. I just wondered if you kind of acknowledged it at all. No, no. Talked a lot about penises, though. Oh, there's so much phallus in that movie <laughs> i mean the lighthouse itself is kind of a big dick let's be honest yeah yeah let's be honest uh so yeah uh so that's kind of what we set up uh they're at the mascara and the the you know the, the security guards are about to attack and dad's like no it's me it's wonder woman it's just it's your homie uh, and they're all like <laughs> and they're all like oh yeah okay uh, and hippolyta shows up yeah. hippolyta being a bulky blonde in this uh new 52 incarnation yeah Bulky, not surprising, given, you know, warrior Amazon race. Yeah. Uh, blonde was different, I think. Very I different. I yeah. blonde before that. Well, traditionally, the, the, the tactic has been to make her look like Diana, just older, because she's her mother. But and, and in many times, she was out in the world as Wonder Woman before Diana. We'll get to GSA number one later. But <laughs> this, you know, uh, and Diana ends up fighting a little bit of a playful gladiator combat, because uh, why not? Uh but uh, we got a scene with Zola and uh, Hermes where she's kind of asking questions about who Wonder Woman is, what this place is. Uh, he's asking about, you know, what, you know, uh, Zeus takes many forms to seduce people. Uh, he's like, well, so what, what, what fantastical form that you couldn't resist did he yeah. take? I'm pretty sure in one of the myths he was a swan. So just kind of put that sure. out there in terms of what we're talking about. Yeah. And she responds with a truck driver. Or it could have been this other guy. Could or maybe been, that other guy. Could have been a pool guy. Or could, could, have, could have been in a band. Uh, but yeah, and then he tells the story. So this is kind of like where there's no new origin story for Diana in New 52, but this is kind of the equivalent of it where he quickly explains, oh, Diana was uh, born from clay, which is important because the ending of the issue is going to imply otherwise. The end of the issue is going to 
say no yeah. twist so which is a new origin story yes and we have to establish what it's supposed to be first otherwise it's not a twist i i actually appreciate that it does that because i think it would be very easy to assume that hey every you know a big big reboot and we're changing things often for the sake of changing them in the new 52 yeah it's important to establish it just for the sake that diana doesn't know this because that's gonna be the sort of thing we go oh this is just what it is and oh diana yeah. doesn't know that's weird <laughs> like but it establishes no like this is it was it was the clay it was the clay formation of wonder woman it was you know hippolyta forms out a clay and gives her life well she doesn't give her life she she she, but... she wishes that that she had yeah. a child and then she wakes up and the child is there yes um so yeah you know it's fun stuff and then of course um uh you're gonna have to tell me the name here what's the what's the uh jesse's daughter uh, i'm pretty sure that's uh aphrodite oh is it is aphrodite uh, i'm fairly sure it is because she's talking about love uh with with hera oh, okay. and uh her brother Ares. so yeah i'm 95% sure that's Aphrodite. Well, she just pops up in Themyscira, and we don't really realise it until after that she grows to, like, uh, you know, I, th- I think Rita Repulsa, make my monster grow. She's, like, she's, like, really, really tall. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so she kills a few Amazons, uh, Diana confronts her, gets the lasso around her, and the issue ends with her saying, you know, she says, I'm here for my sister, and you know, Dad's like, oh, no, I'm not gonna let you come after that. You know, the the, the kid and that 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 you know, and Zola. And she's like, no, I won't talk about her. I'll talk about you. And that's her. Yeah. That's a little uh, little twist that she's actually the daughter of Zeus. Um. So, no, yeah, that's the twist. And obviously, the art's very consistent with the previous issue. Uh, you know, Chang does really really good stuff. Um, particularly as a two page layout when uh, she's fighting like just you know friendly combat with the other Amazon and she's uh it's just there's all these like quick panels of like all these dodging it has and diving. Such a great flow to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um yeah. color scheme is pretty strong. Uh you've you've got the kind of the, the dawn light, uh, especially towards the end. It's this you know sort of like low orange light of the sky, but the, the trees and all that are also a tinted green and you know blue. Yeah, uh, honestly, this is a another example of why Matt Wilson is is my favorite colorist because uh, I love the way this book looks because of his colors. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I read this show well enough. Uh, what's so funny is because this is by far the newest book out of all these, it reads the quickest. <laughs> but there's not, not even a competition. Mm. Uh, and maybe that'll change as time goes on. But at least right now, it's by far the quickest read of the bunch. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's basically, it sets up the new origin of Wonder Woman, uh, presents it as a twist, gives another, you know, wrench in the works with, uh, with, um, Hera and that, and then, you know, j- just sort of reestablishes what Themyscira is like in this new continuity. Not a lot of plot advancement, and all, all, you know, really, when you look at it, but it, it's a, kind of about establishing things, which is something maybe the first issue kind of was missing a little bit, is the first issue went for more, here's what the plot is without maybe setting up what the status quo is now. So the second yeah. issue kind of comes in and does that a bit more. It, it makes it a nice kind of complementary piece to that first one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, we always say how uh, TV shows should always have a double pilot to start with, um, to give it the time to explain things. I almost wonder, would this have been better to be structured more as one big issue uh, for, you know, issue one? Yeah, I can see that. Um, no, don't get me wrong. The first issue has its own bookend, so I mean, you'd have to kind of reframe it and re sort of think about how you do it. But yeah, but I wouldn't be a huge task to kind of essentially re-edit these into one piece. Yeah, but I mean, as it is, I mean, there's, there's nothing too much to complain about. Uh, so, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight as well. I'm actually knocking off half a point there um, for it having one of my pet peeves 
of not being clear with characters' names, unless it's supposed to be a twist of who they are. Because, you know, at the start with, like, I'm going, okay, I know this is Hera because Greek mythology. And yes, it's it's Greek mythology. Anyone could look this up. She she mentioned it at some point later, but, like, it was quite late in the issue before they mentioned it. Yeah, it's it's a pet peeve of mine that it it should be on the first page that they're in, unless their identity is a twist that you want to reveal in the next couple of pages. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that is a, a a thing I dislike. So I'm not going to have half a point for that. That's fair. Uh, I am also going to give it an eight. I have nothing to really explain. <laughs> so yeah, just I, mean, eight. I don't usually have that much to explain yeah. with those, but uh, I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that'll take us on to the Flash annual issue four. Mark Weird writing with Craig uh, Brassfield on the art. Uh, or Bracefield, maybe. Probably more like how you say that. Uh, so this is a kind of a weird annual, and it's a tie-in to a thing, which... Because this, this feels really weird on its own. See, see when I was reading this, I was like, this is a weird, like, possible future story. What's going on? Is this ever followed up upon? And I don't think it is in Wage Run. I think this is purely about tying into this Armageddon thing that's going on. Armageddon 2001. There you go. Uh, it's purely... In, which, for the record, this book was not written in 2001. This book was about 10 years before that. <laughs> give or take so uh so this was the future of 2001 uh yes. just just for for the record so clearly a lot of the characters had stories like this where it was like here's a possible future so we get so it's really weird reading this because like we know wally ends up with linda we know these things so it's weird for them to say oh he ends up with this woman named bonnie and they have a kid and we have this weird witness protection story yeah it makes it kind of murky not that it's necessarily bad but it's kind of like why it makes it hard to care when you know it's all bullshit. Because at the time, while it's probably all bullshit anyway, with uh, like you know, right now if we have oh this is set ten years in the future, yeah, we yeah, kind yeah. of go yeah, okay, it's probably bullshit. But there's always the chance of possibly maybe some writers really liked what that did and kind of incorporate elements of that. Those, those things do happen. Um, whereas in this, it's like yeah, we we know exactly what kind of the status quo of the future of this is. Yeah, because it even sets up this uh, this guy from the future who's coming back to try and save uh, the future by altering the past. And he doesn't really factor into it for the rest of the book. It's kind of... I assume that's part of the event. Yeah, exactly. But like reading this on its own, it's kind of lackluster. That said, though, I do think it's actually quite well, well written. Uh, there's, there's just some moments when, you know, when Barry... Uh, not Barry, sorry. Freudian slip there. When Wally uh, like puts on the suit again for the first time in the future in 2001... Actually, I think it's really well done the way he kind of like puts the suit back on. It feels quite exciting. He goes around and go, goes after all these villains. It really, it, it really, this actually really feels like the the Scarlet Speedster returns in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. You know, to compare it to Dark Knight Returns, but uh. So yeah, it's like Flash Day, and this woman Bonnie comes to talk to Flash, uh. And he's kind of like, oh hello, you pray, and he's head. Um, and then that's when we sort of jump forward to two thousand and one, and we find out that he's married this woman. He's got under an alias. He's not called Wally anymore. Um, no, he's. Um, was it Mark? What's his Mark? No, that doesn't sound right. No. I mean, no. maybe it is, but it, it doesn't sound familiar to me. Da, 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 da. I'm looking for the name. Her name's Michael. In the... Michael. There you go. Uh, so Mike, which way goes by. So that's that's what Mike, Mark. All right. I mean, plus. Yeah, yeah, I was a million of those. And they've got a kid, and they set up some interesting things here. Where the kid has speed powers, right? It's been passed on to him, but. Has the protective aura the, you know, that the flashes have that, that sort of protect them from the basically how t- which is 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 now known as speed force. Yes, what, uh, what didn't exist at the time. Yeah, so the speed force didn't pass on to him. That's I mean it's weird to think about it like that now that we know what it's called the speed force. But 
yeah. you know, whatever. Again, this is another reason why this feels like a weird, like, time capsule of an issue that doesn't really have much, you know, merit. But, uh, you know, basically the kid, despite the fact that if he uses his speed, it could kill him, he dives to save this kid who's about to hit, be hit by a bus. Um, and, you know, Wally speeds off with him to the hospital uh, to get him treated, and it's a whole thing. But there's also this plot where the reason why they're using fake names is because basically, like, someone Wally put, put away, that's uh, uh, Diogenes, uh, he, he like, went after like, the, the family members of, of both of them, and um, they've been about this protection for years now, and this guy's finally found them. So he actually, you know, ends up kidnapping the kid from the hospital. He's working with all these villains. He's got this power actually, where if he touches you, he actually gets like a like almost a read of all your memories and hopes and dreams and fears, and he can use that to manipulate basically anyone. So he manipulates uh, Mirror Master at one point. Uh, yeah, we got a few of the rogues kind of on his list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this kind of happens. He, he manipulates Snart. Um, there's, there's actually there's a, there's a really weird moment towards the end here where uh, Golden Glider like kisses Captain Cold and I'm like whoa what's happening this is a weird incest plot uh, but luckily it's explained immediately that this is not Leonard Snart anymore that she's been like essentially she's been cougaring herself around like getting all these young boyfriends to pretend to be Captain Cold because she wants a partner Which still has its whole kind of can of worms to itself yeah yeah pretend to dress up as my brother <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird yeah 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 it's, it's, it's got an odd side to it uh but you know once you know this is all in play and like you know all the rogues are in play and he has to go off and like f try and find his son this is why he goes back and gets his costume and suits back up again and um do you know what, um, what bu bugged me at this point as well mm. he, get, he gets less ginger as the issue goes on <laughs> like if, if you look at him you know in his home at, at the start yeah uh it's still, you know, very clearly a, a, a red-headed man. Mm -hmm. And uh, and by the end, it's, it's a very, you know, a chestnut deep brown. And I'm like, what happened here? This is erasure over the course of a single issue. Speed Force, bro. Ain't got to explain shit. Yeah, explain why you don't exist yet, Speed Force. Uh, Paradox, a villain here that I'm not super familiar with, who can speed up or slow down like a pocket of area in terms of time so basically he like so one of the things that he does in this issue uh, later on is that he makes a circle of the, the the floor like the time speed up so that when wally runs over it, it just collapses because it's, it's you know it, for, as far as that part of the floor is concerned it's been there for hundreds or thousands of years so it yeah. just crumbles he, when he, he... he describes his classic trick is speeding up one half of someone's body mm. which sounds kind of terrifying actually yeah, let's bring this guy back. This is actually quite a cool power set, to be honest. Um, I can get into this. Uh, so, Do you know what, actually? In what? the upcoming solicits, was Paradox not a thing? I, I, don't, I don't remember what we talk about in the, solicits. The name rings a bell, so maybe I'm just kind of putting that in now. But Yeah, maybe. Uh, so while he goes, I guess he's drying, he goes out of the Flash costume, uh, speeds around, uh, deals with, you know, Weather Wizard, and because uh, each one like has a, like a clue to where the next person is before he can get to his son. And also each one knows zaps him with this gun, which doesn't seem to do anything at first, but he realizes after each one that is it's sapping his uh, speed uh, bit by bit. And the plan of the villain, Diogenes, is he's going to give his son all of Wally's speed. He's got like a lab set up. It's all going into like a big chamber. All his speed is literally like an energy in like a container. Uh, yeah. So really funny. But there's some fun sequences here. Wally on the baseball field with, uh, with Weather Wizard. Uh, 
they are they are pretty solid i think for the most part it's not everything's great but like i i do think some of the stuff with him in costume looks quite fun yeah it's it's solid um the odd like face which is kind of a bit too bulky uh, mm. or, or something um but overall it's not bad yeah um you know while he's swimming in super speed levitate with tornado arms you know it's all these little things as he's running around yeah uh good fun um you know this is good uh oh what's the the color uh well what's it called and keystone oh, rainbow um, raider that's the one well i yeah. think of yeah that's the one that's used that often anymore um it should be uh, cool. i think it gives the art a nice pop at that point yeah it's a very different style because the, the coloring changes yeah. uh, speaking, speaking of villains i actually just checked uh paradox is a thing coming up in the uh solicits i don't know if it's the same paradox but they're talking about paradox and time travel so uh, maybe. probably unfortunately the flash right now has been kind of shitty for a while so I'm not feeling yep. super excited about it, but it's cool. <laughs> the paradox is coming back. I'm all for it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and eventually Captain Cold and Golden Glider, but not Snart. Uh, they are at an airfield. And, you know, Wally again has to take care of them. So there's a lot of action scenes here. We're going through really quickly because it's just lots of action. It's lots uh, of yeah. Wally running around. And and this is kind of where the issue, I felt myself kind of getting a little bit bored because I was just like, yeah, okay, it's one after another. There's yeah, nothing yeah. breaking up. They've got really it, no context. Well, it, it's an almost 60 page annual. It's pretty meaty. You know, it's like. It is. But like, there's like a good 10 pages here where I felt yeah. like they were just killing up the, running up the page count of like, yep, just throwing some action stuff. Especially since for us an annual is like forty pages, you know we're used to it being <laughs> yeah. less. Uh, so, but, you know, uh, but like I said, the fun stuff with the, the the floor falling down because paradox has made the time advance quicker. There, uh, I really like some of the inventiveness of some of this. Um, so it's it's an interesting little precursor to like the actual run proper because you know when we get to the end of this and you see the cover of the next issue, the next issue is the start of like you know it's not called Flash Year One I don't think it's, it's Born to Run or whatever, but. Uh, it's Wally's six issue origin story. Like, you know, it's it, so it's kind of mm. nice that we're going to be getting that. We're going to have that overlapping with Batman year one. Uh, yeah. Although, Batman will be alternate with the detective, though, so that won't happen too quickly. But, um, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, fun stuff. Uh, so, at the end of the issue, Wally makes the choice to not take his speed back. He, he gives it to his son so that he can run safely, implying that maybe one day his son will be the new Flash. Yeah, because he gives him the ring with, as yeah. well with the costume. So it's like, yeah, that's going to be a thing. Yeah, and then someone in the hospital knocks over like a tree of food or whatever, and Wally goes to try and grab it, and he's like miles away. He's too slow. <laughs> yeah. So and, and this is part where I like, in terms of what still feels true, is the, the, the legacy aspect of Flash. Mm. Uh, you know, this is, you know, Wally's a kid becoming the next Flash, which is, you know, a little bit different, but you know, you know, the idea of passing on the mantle still. Yeah, if, it feels through. like Mark Wade has all the right ideas for what he's going to do with the Flash. He's just not actually came up with what the actual specifics of his story are yet. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so it comes back to present day, and uh, there's like a weird like effect, pr- presumably from this time traveler who kind of, you know, stops them from uh, interacting, and you know, while he's like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, you know. And she kind of looks back at him as well. It's kind of a weird moment. Is, I feel like this moment would make a lot more sense if I'd read the actual thing it's tying into. Probably. And it's at that point, I actually think this is kind of a strange inclusion to the trade. I mean, mm. in terms of completionism of, okay, it is Flash by Mark Wade, yeah. sure. But I feel like, whereas in the last issue there was stuff where I went, oh, I could see maybe this or that popping up in the run. There's very little in this, outside of the call for Mac idea that we just mentioned, 
I, I don't suspect much of it shows up. I, I mean, maybe I'll be wrong, but I don't suspect it does. I don't think it will. I guess completion sake because it's you know it's flashed by Mark Waid, and uh, I, I think people would be annoyed if it wasn't there just because hey, this angle's just missing to time because it won't yeah. be getting collected anything else. So unless there's some Armageddon collection that... at some point. Well, yeah, they might, they might well. Who knows? Um, but it is a sort of thing where I'd say, hey, if people just wanted to jump into the the run. This issue actually is, is skippable if you wanted to, and yeah. I think it's it's not a must read by any stretch. It's it's okay, you know, it's it's solid enough, but it's ha- not exciting. Having read some of this this first trade before, I will say that it does get better once we hit the you know next issue. You know, we hit the main I, issues. I would have hoped so, yeah. So, you know, that's cool. Uh, but we give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a six because it's okay. It just feels, and maybe this would have felt better at the time, but right now it feels kind of inconsequential and just kind of weird. But there's uh, you know. It's it's well told enough. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll go. I'll go with six point five. I think I'll go a little bit higher because I, I, I think it's well done. It's just it's in, in this weird place because of what it is, and it's a little bit too long. So yeah, uh, cut down for that. But uh, that'd be my thing. So that's a uh, flash annual issue four. So next 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 time we actually go to a regular issue, so regular length, which is good. Um. And yeah. yeah, so and next what? What's two weeks from now? Is two weeks from now in February already? Uh, it should be. Yeah. So next next time we'll have one less book because we're not doing a longer, or we'll have less to talk about because we're doing a shorter flash issue. But we'll have the first issue of whatever Superman book wins uh, the vote because the vote ends at the end of the month. So, um, so we'll have we'll be starting that next episode. So. Uh, anyway, uh, that'll take us on to Showcase 96 issue 3, or at least half of it. Uh, that is uh, our Birds of Prey issue for the for the episode, because uh, the first chunk of Birds of Prey is all these, because I think after this is like a four-issue mini, and then there's like a well, one-shot, and then we get to the, the, the actual ongoing book. Uh, notably, though, this is actually not by uh, Chuck Dixon, this is uh, by Jordan B. Uh, Garfinkel as the writer, and then Jennifer uh, Graves as the artist. So, as much as this run is thought of as Chuck Dixon's. This one particular one-shot isn't. Um, so, what's interesting here is this actually came out before the previous issue, and this features Lois Lane as a, as a main character. So, I, w- I wonder if this was almost like a, a proof of concept, and they were like, oh, maybe there should be another, you know, character that would be here, you know, another lady They couldn't from figure DC. out quite who it was. Yeah, so we have this kind of weird issue where Lois Lane's kind of fighting, and... I guess my only real complaint about that, honestly, is that they've got, like, the opening scene uh, here is, like, you know, it's just kind of this idea that Canary and Lois have run into each other while they're both investigating the same thing. Obviously, Lois is doing it for a story, uh, Black Canary's doing it because, you know, Oracle set her on this path. And it does tie into what they said at the end of the previous issue, kind of, you know, so we said how it would kind of tie in to being set before it. Um, you know, it's like, uh, it's not a preschool letter led them here. Uh, oh, they're in Metropolis, though. Uh, they're at this kind of, like, yeah. uh, you know, workshop a sweatshop and um my only real complaint is that I, I feel like like obviously Lois is a very strong character I feel like they go too far here with the really easy option of just making her good at fighting which feels kind of like she's I feel just like, like eh, I grew up on a military base it's cool I got this because I feel like they do a good job typically of Lois being a really strong character who never feels weak without resorting to just have her being good at kicking and punching I think no I think the thing is it's not that she's strong it's that she doesn't give a damn and gets herself into the situations anyway. 
and often does have to be rescued by someone. Oh in yeah, some way. I, I, yeah. I'm not talking about that though. I'm not talking about that. That, that said, I'm just I just mean in general, she's a strong character. She's strong-willed. She's oh sure, yeah. She, she's she's a, she's a character who you would describe as being, uh, you know, who you know, takes charge and like isn't this weak, feeble character? Um, not at all. Uh, but they do that without resorting to oh she can kick and punch like the superheroes. Like you know, like I feel like this is a really lazy way of being. Like, oh, Lois is Lois is always strong. She doesn't have yeah, to kick and punch. She feels on par here with, with Canary, which it's should weird. not be the case. Yes, and in a fighting scenario, Canary should be, you know, doing circles around her. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so they're fighting all these guards. Uh, and the plot of the issue is this is essentially a slave workshop where all these immigrants have been forced to work. Uh, and they're fighting back, but the the, the, the head honcho here who's in charge of all this uh, shocks them both because he's got, like, electrical powers. Uh, although we find out later that it's not really electrical powers, it's more of a, a psychic power that just sort of looks looks like electrical powers. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, why not? Well, because they, they do that later because they they want the, the whole scene where all the workers like they realize once they can if they actually are strong willed enough they can kind of resist it, so they can all fight yeah. back. Uh, but we spend a lot of the issue with Lois and uh, Dinah and and like a cell. Uh, and Oracle's talking to them. Lois is even like you know observant enough to notice that hey, you're talking to someone with like a secret little comms device. Uh, and what's interesting here is that Lois talks about how she's like split up, split up from like her boyfriend, and we see that obviously she's talking about Superman. Yeah, uh, it's our first look at a super mullet in this show. Yes, yes. Hopefully, much more to come. Uh, super mullet. I'm the, sure there will be. Super, super mullet's great. Uh, and I think the main thing of this issue is that they're kind of comparing the, the sort of like romances a little bit, and she brings up Green Arrow, and the Green Arrow, and I I, I didn't even realize this last issue that Green Arrow's dead right now in continuity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of the things where yeah, you know, I knew he was dead for X amount of time. I, I you know, I know the return uh, stuff. Yeah, because he doesn't come back until uh, Blackest Night, right? Uh, is I he... think the Kevin Smith stuff is after he died, isn't it? Is it okay? So he died again? Maybe. Or did Maybe you... I'm misremembering. Maybe he's not one of the characters that comes back in Blackest Night, but because he because he had because his series afterwards was under the Brightest Day banner. Because uh, I read that it series. Was, yeah. So um, I'm sure the Kevin Smith stuff is after he's dead. It's when he comes back. He's trying to because people are like, "Oh, he's dead." And he's trying to clear his name and kind of okay. reestablish himself. I'm sure that's part of that book. I wonder, I wonder how he came. How he came back then? In fact, Joe, I've just remembered some of the plot of that book. That is definitely after he's dead. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look, there's a lot of a lot of weird. Uh... Hold on, hold on. I need, to, I need to pause for a second. We've got a, a Twitter update from Tim that I, I oh think God. I have to check. He's been watching The Outsider, uh, and there's a very <laughs> Tim-related thing in The Outsider this week, and I think he's finally just seen it, and I want to see the he, response. He has indeed. Yes, hold on. Let I, have me, seen the, I have seen the tweet. Let me, let me see. Let me see. I'll wait, read it. Right. I was near the end of the episode and still didn't know what you were talking about. And then it happens and I'm like, okay, yes, yes, very good. And then there's a gif of Leprechaun opening a door. Uh, Leprechaun was mentioned in the pre in the this week's episode of The Outsider and Tim, I, I thought of Tim, naturally. Uh, so I, just, I had to He thinks of Tim many a time. He's got a lot of things that are, je- you, you know, they're Tim things. Do you know what? They are, like, because you used to say, oh, you know, Tim's thing for pizza was a pretty Tim thing. And now that seems so normal. Yes. Uh, pizza, goats, leprechaun, leprechaun Hellboy, Hellboy, Castlevania. Those are the Tim things. Uh, but anyway, so 
But uh, anyway, so Dinah, Dinah's very kind of harsh about this. She kind of says uh, he deserved it. When she talks about Oliver dying, he the jerk deserved it. Uh, and it's like, oh, do you mean that? <laughs> kind of thing. And then at the end of the issue, Lois is like, hey, what you said about Oliver, did you mean that? And she's like, uh, and it's, it's clear that she's in a bad place and, you know, her, her feelings about Oliver dying are kind of, you know, mixed and she doesn't know how to process it. So I feel like it's setting up some character stuff uh, for what maybe she'll go through in the run mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, but one of the uh, the workers in the in the in the shop uh, like sort of like breaks in via, uh, you know, a, a, one of the bricks basically. There's like a secret shaft and lets them out, uh, which lets them get out. And they're like, "Hey, we're going to save everyone." They fight back. The villain does actually obviously get get the upper hand a little bit until uh, Lee, the, the the worker who helped them, is able to kind of like rise up and inspire the rest to, uh, you know, basically refuse and resist. Uh, so Black Canary decks the bad guy and everyone's free and uh, we end with the authorities kind of being there and you know everyone's kind of happy and, uh, but anyway it ends in this really somber moment uh, again yeah where where Dinah's walking away from from Lois uh, you know thinking about Oliver so it's a really kind of sad beat yeah uh, yeah not as good as the, the last uh, one shot we had I don't think it's uh it's not bad, certainly. Um, and if you look at it this way, keep in mind that this was released before the last issue. Uh, once Chuck Dixon was on the book, he stayed with it. So it's not like he left for this issue. This issue was first. And then Dixon came on and was kind of there from then on. Um, you know, I don't think the art's quite as good as the last issue. I don't think the story's quite as good as the last issue. That said, though, I don't necessarily uh, dislike it. I, I think, you know, some of the stuff with, uh, you know, Lois and Dinah kind of sharing is kind of fun. And, um that's basically it but it's definitely a lot more kind of fluffy perhaps than the previous issue was i think yeah it, it's kind of working out the kinks of what the book's going to be uh i think in the long run um like I say, even if this is a different writer the idea was clearly being floated around the dc offices mm-hmm. and uh this is kind of poking at you know okay well we need someone else we need someone else in the field with diner and you know, ultimately this is you know lois isn't the answer but it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. We don't get to Huntress for a long time. Yeah. Uh, at least as a permanent member, anyway. So, you know, uh, no, I, I enjoyed it well enough. I, I think it was not quite as tight as that, that, that previous one shot. It was a lot shorter, admittedly, so it was a quicker read, but it was it just, you know, it just it felt a little bit, uh, like I say, just, just some, a little bit more, I don't know, generic 90s comic i suppose is this how you put how you put it yeah it's it's not bad but it's not particularly great either yeah what are you giving it uh i'm gonna give this a a six as well i think yeah i think six is fair for this one it's fine but it's not yeah. you know particularly notable Just a, before we move on i did actually do a quick check on on green arrow okay uh with, with the death so he died around issue a uh, hundred ish uh not too long after the Grail run finishes. Yeah, I was actually thinking it was the end of the Grail run, so it's actually just after it, that. Okay. It seems to be just after that from a quick scan at Wikipedia. Right. And then he is back for the uh, the two thousand ish series with the uh, Kevin Smith. Um, that's he, he's revived, and then it does look like he dies again because he is transformed into a Black Lantern. Okay, I was right. He was dead again. He, he was dead. Yeah. So you weren't wrong. We we were both kind of right in 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 various points. We just uh, didn't quite have the full picture. Excellent. 
Excellent. All right. Well, that'll take us on to GSA issue one. James Robinson and David Goyer writing with Stephen Sadowski on the art. So this is the Jeff Johns slot, even though Jeff Johns is not involved in this issue yet. (laughs) We'll get to Jeff Johns in about three months. Yes. Uh, So that's cool. Uh, Obviously, last issue, we had the death of Wesley Dodds. Everyone found out. This issue is the funeral. Uh, Natural progression. Uh, sets up some of the, the main plot we're going to be dealing with. Uh, we start off with the murder of Kid Eternity in a sewer somewhere uh, where yeah. this mysterious villain ha- is kills him. Uh, you know, because you know, Kid Eternity like, you know, conjures all these figures from the past to fight him because that's what Kid Eternity yeah. does. I'm not super familiar with Kid Eternity, but he always seems like a cool idea. Yeah, uh, but Kid Eternity gets killed and we just see this mysterious figure uh, walk off. Now, I mean, we know who this is because we've read this before, but... Uh, well, Let's pretend we don't. Admittedly, I'm forgetting his name, but I know who it is. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you know, when they say it again, it'll be fine. But I know who it is. I, I, anyway, uh, and then we have the dream that uh, Sandy Hawkins, because we had at the end of the last issue, he he woke up from the, the dream. Uh, here we actually get to see what the dream was, and we even see that the uh, what's his face is in here from from Sandman. Dream. Yeah, dream. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so but he's, he sees uh, uh wesley dodds sandman because he because he, he's the, cause in the dream he's his younger self he's the, the psychic age uh, and wesley dodds um like turns to sand and kind of like dies and that's when he wakes up uh yeah so and i really like how this this issue from this part on makes it clear that even if you didn't read the you know the the one shot thing that we had before doesn't matter this this you know there's there's more context there sure but this tells you everything you need to know yeah yeah because the previous issue did a good job of introducing everyone and this issue does it again much quicker there's like a two-page layout here at the funeral where starman and wildcat are just kind of whispering to each other as uh as a sandy sorry uh, he's he's given the eulogy right and so you've got yeah. wildcat and starman just sort of whispering to each other talking about their opinions of everyone who's there uh, very disrespectfully i might add <laughs> and they're kind of just describing who you know who johnny thunder is hippolyta uh this new star girl or star spinal kid whoever that is our man you know al like like i think you're better i mean i think you do you should read the first one shot i think it help, adds a lot to the introductions but it does it does enough to kind of like quickly try and it's, get you in. This is the cliff notes of hey, if this is the first thing you've read, if you know if you're jumbling, because this is a you know the, hey, this is an issue one. You might have just at the time you might have skipped whatever was before you saw an issue one and went hey, I'll try that. Yeah, this gives you the cliff notes of everything you need to know um, to make this work. Yeah. So yeah, because uh, that that two page ends with uh, Alan Scott talking about his kids who are going to be factors in this, of course. Uh, you know jenny who he mentions who was a green lion at one point and then todd and you know todd's got a lot of stuff coming up and we actually see todd as a little sidebar with todd in a restaurant talking to someone uh yeah. you know, very very intensely uh but then when the waitress comes there's actually no one there so yeah uh, yeah which again is really nice where you know where it's going um i think this is something that was obviously very clearly planned because the the way uh the way the shadows fall on the on the booth uh makes it really work Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I like this. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Uh. So yeah, just a little tease with him there. Uh. And then there's a moment where Jay Garrick thinks he sees the ghost of uh. Who is it? He sees again. Kent Nelson. Kent Nelson. Dr. Yeah. Doctor Fate. Uh. Because obviously a lot of this stuff's going to be very fate related. Uh. Because then the funeral's interrupted. Um. Uh. With a dying uh fate. 
uh, to his Doctor Fate related character. I mean, I, this is one of these things where this character shows up. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> yeah, this this is after Nelson's death, after the the, the helmet's kind of gone at the moment. Yes, uh, you know, you have these other artifacts of fate instead. Yeah. So basically, he he's he's the second victim of what you know whoever killed. Kid Attorney at the start is that now someone killing us. You have to like, deal with this, and he's dying. He's got a knife in his back, and he collapses over. And it's right around then that a lot of the corpses in this graveyard all come to life with like Anubis style, like you know Egyptian armor, and they're like, "Hey, we are the uh, oh, what was it? Sons of Anubis. Sons of Anubis. There you go." Uh, and like, so so we have this fight where you know the old, the old, you know, the older. Uh, you know, the Starman's dad, and you know he he grabs Courtney and drags her off because no, you're not you're too young for this. We have to run. Um, and there's a fun little bit there actually where, uh, like, so no, I'm I'm in charge of looking after you. Uh, so I'm not gonna let you do this. And there's some, there's actually some really like specific time specific dialogue where she wants a Backstreet Boys CD and someone calls her, "Don't be like, don't go all sporty space." And I'm like, okay, this is clearly the end of the nineties. All the all yeah. these, all these references. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, yeah. Uh, and then you have Al kind of debuting his Atom Smasher in front of everyone. He puts on his outfit. So you know, we have everyone kind of fighting. Yeah. Uh, but Stargirl does actually blast some, like one of, one of the sons of Anubis uh, sneaks up behind him and says, hey, have you buy me that Backstreet Boy CD? And I uh, won't tell Pat how your supervising went. Uh, so no, there's some fun stuff uh, in the action here. And, uh, you know, because there's a lot of characters here that aren't going to be here for the main run. There's a lot of these characters who actually disappear after, you know, the first yeah. story. I mean, a handful of them still pop in and out over yeah. the course of, you know, 100-odd whatever issues it is. Yeah. That. So, no, so they have this fight, uh, and, you know, they're they're trying to get to yeah. the, the knife, uh, but, you know, Alan Scott, you know, blasts some of the ring. Uh, I think the uh, the fight looks pretty good overall. It's nice, because there's, there's a lot of versatility going on with, you know, all the different things happening. Yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of to look at it critically and say, well, what is this as an issue one? Well, it quickly tries to establish very briefly who everyone is and then gives you a fight scene, because every issue one has to have a big fight scene where everyone shows off their powers. Like, we have to have them all in costume by the end of the issue so we can all see it, so... I actually think it does a pretty good job of that in the sense of, okay, Green Lantern's got his his beams, you've got, you know, you've got the, mm. the cosmic staff... Owlman ages things. You got Atom Smasher, uh, you know, growing. Uh, Canary doing a, a kicking. Flash speeding around. Wildcat is doing his, his normal thing. I think it does a really good job of showcasing everyone's actual uh, power set uh, in mostly just one or two oh, panels uh, each. And it was possible. This is actually more about Birds of Prey, but it's all be relevant here too. Canary does not have her powers right now. She has no Canary's cry. Yes. Uh, that was brought up in the uh, the Birds of Prey issue. Um, so that's something to you know bring up. Uh, so the issue ends with a uh, scarab showing up who looks like a weird version of firestorm <laughs> if i was to describe how he looks that's actually a pretty good description i think it's the uh harness is kind of the, the word i want to use yeah he's got the circle with the sort of the beams coming out of it it's, it's kind of like the F- firestorm's uh chest kind of plate thing uh yeah but he's got like a, obviously more of a different look to him than that it's different colors it's bulkier uh He's got he's this got kind of blades on his legs because it's the nineties. Yeah, he's got this weird mask. Yeah, but he's like, yeah, so you you may know me as Scarab, um, and uh, fate you know brought together. We, we have to reform uh, the first and uh, greatest heroes. The JSA needs to be reformed uh, to stop this threat. Because uh, as we know from the first issue or for the one shot is that uh, some this whoever this villain is, they're after, uh, you know the the the, the fate child, the child that will yeah. you know become fate. So. Uh, 
that kind of sets things up. But again, you may not actually know that if you hadn't read that issue. So for issue one, it doesn't necessarily get to those details yet. It's just, no, there's a threat. I'm here. You have to reform. Um, yeah. And there are things that, that kind of makes it work in retrospect if you hadn't read the other issue. You know, his line here, fate has brought you together. Yeah. Um, it, it works. And, and and you can read that just in the sense of, well, we saw Kent Nelson and, you know, fate was the guy who showed up dead at the funeral. Um, but it, it, it works in a, in a larger sense as well. Yeah, um, I, you know, I think it's a solid first issue. Obviously, there's this weird thing with this first arc where it's not the John stuff yet, and the John stuff gets really, really good. So, it's, you know, right now, it's it just, it's, it's solid. It's solid, interesting, everyone. I, I like these characters. I like, you know, the sense of legacy here where we have these two generations makes it so unique com- compared to other superhero books and other superhero teams. Yeah, I think actually, you know, as a compliment to this as a first issue, it shows a lot of restraint because we say, oh, mm. you know, it does all these things, interests the team, it's got the big fight scene. But, you know, it, it says at the end, next issue, uh, we introduce Hawkgirl. Yeah, and it didn't do Obviously, it. she was in the, the, the previous uh, one shot, but that's not here. It didn't feel the need to cram it in. Yeah, it didn't do everything it could have done. It, it, it had some restraint. Uh, I think it kept it at a relatively small scale as well. You know, it's at a funeral, then some bad guys show up and they fight. You know, other than the one little sidebar to you know, uh, you know, Todd, uh, Alan's son, it, it was you know, in the dream at the start, it was mostly just this one kind of idea. And I think that's to its benefit. I think keeping it simple uh, helps yeah. it out because there's so many characters to try and get your head around. And I, I don't think for a, a second, if you've never read GSA before, that you would take all this details in. You you would take some of it in. It, it takes some reiteration over some issues Absolutely. to learn That's, them all. That, that goes for any kind of new team that you're not familiar with, any new set of characters. So, yeah. But I think this is a good job of... You know, I, I mentioned in uh, Wonder Woman my, my pet peeve of not yeah. introducing characters properly. This does it very thoroughly, but that, uh, even, that, even if it is briefly. But that's why I'm saying keeping the actual premise of the issue simple is a good idea, because there's so many characters that there's, there's enough complex stuff there in that, that side of things. Don't don't make it more... Don't, yeah, don't double up on the, the confusion. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, really solid, uh, and I'm excited to be reading this again and, uh, you know, eventually get fuller than I read when I read it the first time. Which... Yeah, I've, I've been on record on our main show for a long time saying this is possibly my favourite run of all time. Um, I, you know, so I'm excited to, to reread it. It's been years. Hmm. So yeah, I read about fifty issues of it or something like that. But I, you still in the first volume then? Yeah, yeah. Because the first volume yeah. is way longer than that. First volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So, but yeah. Uh. But that is uh. That is it. So yeah, uh, what are you giving it? What are you giving Jesse uh, issue one? I'm gonna give this a seven point five for doing all the things it does very well. It just doesn't quite excel. Yeah, that's. I guess that's fair. Um, I have so much excitement from this because of I know what it becomes that I feel more positive about it, despite the fact that maybe on its own merits I shouldn't give it this. But that, no, that that that's why I was kind of yeah. like, no, I'm judging it on as a first issue. How does it perform? Yeah, I'll give it the eight. I, you know, I'll I'll be intrigued. Admittedly, I I think bizarrely because I've read a good chunk of this before enough to like you know be familiar with these characters I think it worked much better for me this time than it did the first time I read this issue you know back you know when uh possibly this this actually has a, a kind of reverse thing as to what we were talking about with the flash uh, annual where mm. that suffered because we knew the we knew the future so to speak whereas this because we know a lot of these characters from you know future reading and, and where this kind of goes in broad strokes I, I think at least for, to a point with you uh you know it, it, it helps it kind of feels like a 
I, I think in any good run, that's the case. It's the Flash is just in this case was different because it was this weird one shot of a possible future. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure when we actually get to Mark Wage run proper, that a lot of that stuff will benefit if you've read it already and you can. Oh, almost certainly. Which, yeah. for the record, I haven't. I've, I've, you know, I think I've read Born to Run at some point because uh, I've got. I know I've got the the, the trade behind me. Um, but uh, I've not really read much of that run, uh, so I'm actually excited to dive into that uh, with fresh eyes. Obviously, I know the the, the broad. Yeah, and they, and they just go. solicited uh, Flash by Mark Wade book seven. So I mean, it's a big lengthy run. We're going to be on that for a while. Uh, yeah. So good stuff. And as worth mentioning, uh, in between six and seven, there's a little short Grant Morrison run that we'll probably just do there. Uh, in between, uh, you know, where oh, it slots okay. in. It's just one book. It's like one like twelve issue book, but it's, it does slot in between two of the Mark Wade books. Yeah, I have that book on Comicsology, but I never read it because I was like, I'll, yeah. I'll get to it once I do the the, yeah. the Mark Wade stuff. But I, I never got around to start. I, I guess Mark Wade took a year off for whatever reason before it in, came back. But yeah, so Grant Morrison had I, a. I guess it happens. So yeah, uh, but there you go. That is uh, that is episode two. Uh, favorite of the week. Um. Do you know, I actually going to go with Batman 402 for me. I, I think... I, I was going to say the same. It surprised me the most. I, I think, you know, everything else I got, I got what I expected. Now, admittedly, I've read all the other ones before, so <laughs> I guess that's, that should be true. Well, that, that's that's the thing. I haven't read all of those. I've, I've obviously read Wonder Woman and JSA before. As, mm. as I just mentioned, I had not read Flash. I'd, I've not really read much Birds of Prey um, and hadn't read the, the Batman. So, I, you know, I'm more in uncharted territory than, than familiar here. Um, but Batman definitely surprised me the most. And I think it felt like such a step up after the detective issue, which is, I think, the, the key difference. Whereas the others felt, okay, it's what I expected for, based on previous, you know, the, the last episode. Yeah. It's nice that Batman and Detective feel different, though. Like, it'll be nice to have that alter, alternating kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I, I'm always a fan of. Uh, you know, I, I belong to about, I, I love when they're on, you know, different teams, different styles entirely. Like, like, that you know, detectives should probably focus more on the, you know, the the detective side of things. Or you know, when we were early in Rebirth, having Tynan do his team book on detective, um, that that was a really solid way of differentiating them. So, I'd like to see us get back to that in, in the near future. But yeah, there you go. Uh, so that is episode two of previously in the multiverse. Uh, you can let us know what you thought of these books in the comments below. Uh, you can like and subscribe, all that stuff. And like I said earlier, uh, patreon.com slash TV, $5 and up patrons starting basically now. The vote will be up and the deadline will be the end of the month uh, to vote on which of the four Superman books, which are all relatively short runs, um, will be the sixth slot. And then once that's done, we'll have another vote for the the, you know, the, the replacement book. Uh, as long as we can keep thinking of shorter runs, eventually it may be a longer run and it'll just be a longer uh, wait between votes. However... Um, I think there's an idea of doing um, a couple of runs on Elsewhere in the style of this show, one of which will be voted for. So uh, if that's the case, then there'll be a there'll be a non DC vote as well for that one. So there'll yeah. be yeah, you know. and and just because the, this vote is all Superman because we wanted some Superman representation yes. know, around the start of this show. Uh, once that book is done, whatever it may be, it probably won't be Superman for the next vote. It'll be something else. we have no idea what yet, but it'll be something else entirely. Yeah, yeah. So. There you go. Uh, so yeah, uh, but also Patreon, I should thank our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, that means that the patrons at $20 and up. Although you can support us for as $1 per month uh, and just, uh, you know, get some bonuses for that. 
but uh, voting stuff tends to come at the five dollar tier and so on and so on but the patron producers which i will now thank uh david short alison m Fordy, cindy palacious and tyler hess thank you to you guys uh for being producers for the month of january uh but that is us uh so worth mentioning as well five dollars also gets you one day early access to this show the main show comes from the multiverse and when it launches elsewhere on the multiverse so uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested in doing all that stuff. You also support us, of course, by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Helps us out a lot because uh, they, they'll promote it out and put it on their, their, their rankings and things like that and recommend it. Uh, so go and have a, have a look at that and to just share us on social media or whatever else. Uh, but that has been us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics. And I don't have an outro for this show yet. got to think yet. of something during the show. Nothing because I was hoping that there would be something in one of the issues that was like, okay, I'm going to take that and that'll just be the outro now. Is I'll take it from the, you know that issue because there's that one line of dialogue that or that one moment that speaks to me and says that's what it's going to be. Uh, but nothing's really struck with me yet, so I will simply say that uh, you know we are currently lost in the speed for I don't know the, 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 the outro line cut.